Everybody say, I am free. Give God a big hand clap of praise. Now everybody say, I am free. Now give God a bigger hand clap of praise. Now everybody say, I am free. And so I want you to realize this. 2015 is your year of freedom in every way, shape, and form. We want to be free as a church and be free to give, free to live, free to send people around the world, free in every way, shape, form, and comprehension that we as a church can accomplish God's will for us as a church. And so we want you to walk in freedom. But here's the kicker with this whole thing. The, the kicker with this whole thing is what we're physically doing paying off the building is just a physical illustration of something spiritually that's happening. I don't ever want us to lose that perspective because I don't ever want us to get so building focused that we lose heavenly perspective. I don't want us to get so building focused, let's pay this off and woohoo, we, we accomplished something physically amazing that no spiritual stuff occurs. No, we're doing this, this is the physical illustration. In your life, I hope there's a thermometer somewhere that you've got strategic goals set out this year that I'm going to be free of an addiction, a problem, a situation, a circumstance. God, I'm being set free this year, and we're going to walk it out. We'll figure it out, God, but we're going to be set free. So this is your year to be free, not just make the church free, because guess what? You are the church. It does no good for this church to have no debt if you're still in bondage, right? I would rather the building be in bondage than the individuals in the church to be in bondage, right? So what we're doing with this building is a physical illustration of what God is spiritually going to do with the body of Christ this year. With you, with me, we're going to be set free. You know, there's some things I want to be set free from in my life. Amen. I want to be free to go and do all that God's called me to do. And so I need to begin to let God set me free in areas of my life. And so I'm challenging you to be set free in areas of your life. We're going to have some strategic days throughout the year that we're going to do things as a church, as the body of Christ, that to help pay off the building. Some of those days, we're going to label them free days. Free days, and that's where it's going to be a strategic day set up to do something awesome. One of the great ideas that, that we have is, uh, at, that the leadership came up with is we believe so much in the church and what God's doing through base groups that we want to give every base group about $200 and say, here's your funds. Go, and here's like Jesus did. He gave each person a talent. Go multiply it. We want to fund base groups to come up with an amazing base group fundraiser that they do as their own group, that they get $200 and they bring back $2,000 per base group. Amen. Amen? I mean, I know some of you ladies can bake, and how many pies can you bake if I gave you $200 worth of ingredients? And how much could you sell them for? <laughs> exactly. It's those type of things that we're going to want you to get creative as groups. And so we're going to have some strategic days called free days where they're not just going to be days that we report about what God did physically, but those are going to be free days of testimony days where we're going to have some people stand up and say, I was just set free of an addiction. I was just set free after 45 years of smoking cigarettes or dipping snuff. I'm done. I'm free. Amen. Some of you wives should say amen because you've been praying for your husband to be set free of nicotine. Amen. Some of you have been saying, I'm ready to be free of alcohol and never have to pick it up again. And be done with it. I'm ready to be free of this pornography issue that's been plaguing me. And I know it's my one hitch in life that's keeping me held back from accomplishing what God wants me to accomplish. Be set free. Maybe there's some perversities in your life that you need to get rid of for you to be set free. For God to walk you into the place of his anointing and power. That's your free day. And so these won't just be strategic free days where we're like, oh, we're taking up a love offering to pay off the church. No, we're giving testimonies of how we've already been set free and what God physically does with the building, he's already spiritually doing with the inside of all of us. Amen? Amen. 
And so we want you to walk in complete freedom. Be free. You must be set free internally before you'll ever experience freedom externally. Okay? You must be set free internally before you'll ever experience it internally. Freedom's going to start on the inside and set you free on the outside. It's not going to go the other way around. Because you are a spirit being. You possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You live in a physical earth suit called a body. And so for you to be set free, you must be set free internally, spiritually, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And then you must be set free in the area of the soul, your mind, and your will, and your emotions. That's where most of your captivity is, because when you're born again, you're already free. You already paid the price. So if you're in captivity, it's the area of your mind, your will, and your emotions that need to be set free so you can physically walk out in freedom, right? If you start crying for no reason, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you're just driving around and start bawling for no reason. It's not a physical problem. It's something internal that needs to be fixed. And so we want to set you free spiritually, the area of the soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions, and then you'll walk it out physically. And so for you to be free, you must begin to examine the most inner places of your heart, the most deep desired parts of your life that need to be touched. Listen, external pain is never bad. External pain is not a bad thing. External pain is simply an active indicator that there's something wrong internally. Have y'all ever had your back hurt? I mean, the other day at communion service, we prayed for backs, and about 25 people came up. And your external back pain is not the problem. You should be grateful for the external back pain, not because you're in pain, but because it's an active indicator that there's something wrong internally and I need to get it fixed. And if you're a man, more than likely you just shrug it off and say, it'll get better. <laughs> I'll get through it. <laughs> no, you won't. Because after 40 years of a messed up back, you're going to be walking like a cripple. This is how we got a lot of believers walking through the body of Christ. Because we got internal issues. We got internal issues that we've been bent over, like the woman who was bent over for 18 years. She had an issue. And we got believers walking like this, saying, I'm fine. No, you're not. You were built like this to walk like this. Why are you walking like this spiritually? You're not fine. Quit lying to people and quit lying to yourself. Quit. Set free. Jesus touched her. She stood up. She walked. Now, now listen to this. If you got pain in your life, quit pushing it down and saying, it'll be okay. No, the pain is there for you to do some self-internal evaluation. And we'll, we'll, I'm going to walk you through the first eight weeks of this in the year to set you free. I will give you the tools in the first eight Sundays of 2015 that will set you free in every area of your life. It's a strategic plan that you will walk it out. It'll be on the blog, it'll be all over the website. You're going to walk out in freedom. If you'll come and if you'll show up, you'll be free of anything in eight weeks. And I'm not going to repent from that, and I'm not going to say, and people out there, the naysayers, well, how do you know what God's going to do? Because I know what God said in his word, and if you do this, God promises to do this, and he is faithful. And so what we need is for you to begin to self-evaluate. If you got pain, that's fine. But plan on getting out of the pain. The pain is the active indicator that there's something wrong in the area of your soul. 
If you're driving down the road and you start bawling, something's wrong with your emotional status and you need to go back and find where the pain is originating from and ask God to come in and begin to do something with that issue so the pain goes away so you can quit crying. Right? Physically, it's the same way. You got physical pain in your back or you always have chronic headaches. That's an issue that there's something deeper going on and because you always have a headache, it means you need to self-evaluate, not take another Advil. I'm guilty, I'm just saying. And you want to know what God says, Joel? Here's your self-evaluation, Joel. He, he talked to me about this towards the end of the year. He's like, you're too stressed out. Quit. And you'll quit getting headaches. Well, how, how do I quit, God? He's like, you need to learn to trust me with your day. It's not that I was told to do less in my day. Get this. It's not that I was told to work less or work less hard. It was told to trust him with everything in my day. That was my issue. <laughs> A pastor that doesn't trust God, go figure. How about that, you know? Well, we all got our issues that we got to take care of in our life. So the external pain is not a problem. The external pain, you need to be grateful for it. Don't praise God for the pain. Praise God because he's telling you that's an active indicator that you need to fix something deep-rooted inside of you. If you are a person who cuts yourself, big-time issue, not just with you. If you are a person who cuts yourself, that's a pain issue that God's saying there's something wrong and you get relief by cutting yourself it's time to be set free and never to cut yourself again. And we got testimony, Damon's got testimony, of where a person would cut themselves, and they had done it for years. God didn't just heal them from cutting, but he healed the scars, and the scars aren't even there anymore. I'm talking free, complete free, done deal free. Be free. That's what we're called to do. Be free in every area of your life. I'm going to read this verse of Scripture to you, and I'm just, it's Colossians 2, 6. And it starts in 6 and it goes through 15. I'm not going to read it all, but I need you to go home and read it, study it. It'll be in your daily readings in the church email. <laughs> it says, verse 6, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him. How did Jesus walk in? With what authority did Jesus walk in? How did Jesus walk in? With what authority did Jesus walk in? Here's the deal. A lot of us say, oh, we have to walk with Christ and walk like Christ. It says, so walk in him. And like him, Jesus wasn't walking like this. I don't ever recall an account where Jesus walked like that. I don't ever recall an account where Jesus was just up on a mountain crying. <laughs> right? And I keep using that term, and I'm not trying to make light of it. If you have serious emotional issues, we need to deal with it. But I know that, that, that it's, it's something that's common that everybody understands. So therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord walk in him it's not an option it says what to do walk in him not in your own one and it says see to it that no one this oh wow this is so key verse number eight see to it that no one takes you captive <laughs> remember our verse isaiah 49 9 say to the captives come out to those who are enslaved be free say to those who are captive come out see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. He gives you four things of how you're taken captive in your daily life. The four things are captive by philosophy. Captive by philosophy. Many of you get your philosophy through your daily television and Facebook, not the Word of God. Philosophy is how you live your life. A lot of us have begun to tolerate things 20 years ago that were intolerable. Your philosophy's changed. You've been taken captive. And he's led you into a place of prison 
simply by, oh, we just watch it. It's just a TV show. It's a TV show until you come in 10 years from now in a crisis because your kid's living in the TV show. Oh, come on now. Because your kid's the drunkard that you saw always drinking on TV, and it's okay. Do, do you understand? Don't be taken captive by philosophy. Don't be taken captive by empty deceit. Empty deceit is this. It's something that looks so good, but in the end, it's emptiness. There's nothing in it. It's something that you run after with everything that you got, and you say, oh, I finally achieved this career goal, and in the end, you look around, and your whole life's shattered, and you feel empty. You were deceived. It's kind of like the mirage in the middle of the desert. Oh, there's the water. It looks like the oasis, and you finally get there, and there's nothing there. You ever been there with empty deceit? Don't be taken captive by false goals, false dreams, empty deceit in your life. And things according to human tradition, a lot of us are held captive because, well, I do this because mommy and daddy have always done it that way. I did it all my life like this. And look at where it got you. In prison, just like your grandmama was in prison. She dealt with depression, your mama dealt with depression, and you're doing the same things they did, and you're wondering why you're struggling with depression. Human traditions. Maybe you need to get rid of some of them. Maybe we need to change some of them. And the elemental spirits... Of the world we'll get into that with more spiritual warfare stuff talking about ephesians 6 10 uh through uh yeah ephesians 6 10 through 20 for our battle is not against flesh and blood it's the little things where you can no longer say this is this is the short and skinny of it you can no longer say as a believer the devil made me do it you can no longer say it you are not captive to him he is not your authority he is not anything of a person in your life and for him to say or for you to say he made me do it You've been taken captive by elemental spirits in your life. So here's the thing. He goes on to say this. Jump on down to verse 13. And you who were dead in your transgressions, sins, trespasses, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive or free together with him. And he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to get this open shame by triumphing over them in him. Now, what does that mean? It means he took your unforgiveness, your bitterness, your pain, your perverseness, your hurts, your addictions, your abuses, your anger, your rage, and he took captivity captive, and he triumphed over them, and he made a public spectacle of them. Basically, all of heaven laughed at him, and God walks out triumphing, and you did it right with him because you're in him. I could preach on that for an hour. Hey, we're just through the first third of the vision, and I got like eight minutes left. I'm just saying. <laughs> be free. Be free. and Be free in your area of knowledge, what you know. Last year, we did something called Just Tithe. Just Tithe. This year, we're going to do something a little bit different. It's going to be called My Tithe. Everybody say, My Tithe. Everybody say, My Tithe. Free is not something that just happens. Free is something you become intentional about. Free is not something that just happens. Free is something you become intentional about. If you're going to become intentional about doing something, you need to become intentional about being set free. What does my tithe have to do with it? The greatest act of spiritual warfare you can do on your family and on your own life and on your career and everything else is tithing. It's tithing. Some of you are saying, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Are you, are you, if you don't tithe and you're in bondage right now, you're living proof that I'm right. <laughs> If you do tithe, then you're out of bondage right now. You're living proof that I'm right. <laughs> do, do, do you understand? If you don't tithe, then you're in bondage all the time. It, you're living proof that what I just said is correct. 
Now, now listen to this. And I know this is an Old Testament scripture, and I'll cover it in the New Testament in a minute. It says, For I, the Lord, I do not change, in Malachi 3, 6. Therefore, you children of Jacob are not consumed. So God's going to rescue us, set us free. From the days of your father you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. God says, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But how shall we return? You jump on down, it says, In your tithes and in your contributions. Because tithing's never an issue of money, it's always an issue of obedience. And so when you make strategic, my tithe decisions that you plan on tithing, I'm on my tithe, I'm going to strategically give, I'm going to give on purpose, I'm going to give with a purpose, because God said, if I return to him, he's going to return to me. So your tithe is your strategic plan to start getting out. It's not the physical act of doing, just like paying off the building is not the physical act of what we're going for. It's the illustration of God setting you free, okay? But in the end... The building's going to be free. In the end, you still got to physically do an action to show your inward obedience. And God says it right there. And so he wants you to strategically tithe. And strategically means consistently. He wants you to do it regularly. It says, return unto me and I will return unto you. And then it goes on to say, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. And I know I'll have 20 people come up to me after church. And yes, I know this is the only place in the Bible where God says test him. Okay, he does say test him here. So you can do this. And that means you can do it even if you're not 100% sure it's how it's all going to work out. God says, test me, I'm going to show you. Test me, I'm going to show you. He goes on to say this. God says, I will open the floodgates of heaven. Doesn't say you have to go to heaven and open them for yourself. You don't have to knock on doors and try and get new careers and try to get new business. God says he can bless you. He said, I will open the floodgates of heaven. I will pour out a blessing on you that you do not have room enough for it. I will give you till you there is no more need. And then this is my favorite one. God says, I will rebuke the devourer for you. How many of y'all, Christ, you know Christians going around, they're just rebuking everything. <laughs> I rebuke this, I rebuke that, I rebuke it, I rebuke it, I rebuke it. If you tithe, God says he's the rebuker. You get to stand in worship and in praise and celebration. Because you tithe, because God says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. And the vines of your field will not cast their fruit. And you will be blessed. And get this, the Bible says, all the nations will call you blessed. I don't care what they begin to say about America, because I'm not an American. I'm in the kingdom of God that lives in the country of America. And I'm grateful for that. But first and foremost, I'm in the kingdom of God. And so people will begin to recognize those who faithfully Give God his tithe. That's your greatest act of spiritual warfare. You can begin to do it. Begin to plan on it. Begin to bank on it. Because God says, I'll pour out the, I'll open up heaven. I'll pour out the blessing. I'll rebuke the devourer. All the nations will begin to declare who you are because of what I did for you because you obeyed me. You returned to me and he blessed it because of it. Now, get this. A lot of people are saying, well, let's talk about tithing in the New Testament. Let's, let's talk about tithing in the New Testament for a second. True tithing in the New Testament, people are, a lot of people say, well, it's not mentioned, you're wrong, because Jesus mentioned it several times. Now, I understand the true New Testament started after Jesus' resurrection. Now, we're in the, where Paul begins to write. It is talked about in Hebrews, where it talks about Melchizedek, the high priest, uh, the priest of Salem, which means uh, prince of righteousness, or king of righteousness and king of peace. That Jesus is the same high priest in that same, high, same order, and talks about Abraham giving that tithe to him. If you think that's a stretch, here's a better thing. 
Tithing in the New Testament should look like this, not 10%, 100%. Because here's the deal. He didn't call us to be tithers. He called us to be disciples. Ooh, see, some of y'all need to say, ooh, I kind of like 10%. I'm ready to go back to 10%. No, get this. Get this what the Bible says. True discipleship is not giving a tenth, it's giving your life. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. He didn't just say it in Matthew 16, 24, he said it in Matthew 10, 38, Matthew 16, 24, Mark 8, 34, Mark 10, 31, Luke 9, 23. So tithing is just the starting point of your walk of discipleship. Everybody's like, I'm happy to give 10% now, that's good. That's good preaching. Say amen. Just help me out here. I'm trying to help you out. You look mad at me. My tithe is your strategic plan not to be debt free, to be free. To be free. What does it matter if you don't owe the bank anything, but you're addicted to alcohol and you spend all your money on it? It doesn't. You'd rather be debt free under a mortgage or, or, or you'd rather have debt under a mortgage than be in bondage to alcoholism. So tithing is not your get-out-of-debt-free card. It's your be-free card across the board. Debt-free, addiction-free, struggle-free. And the Bible says in this life you will have struggles, but understand what we first talked about. When you're stable and a struggle hits, you can handle the struggle a lot better. In 2014, my whole family has had epic struggles. I praise God we were stable (laughs) and not a crisis. My tithe, it's your strategic plan to be free. Everybody say me. Ephesians 4, 8 says this, and I'm going to close. Therefore, he says, when Jesus ascended on high, ooh, get this, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He led captivity captive, get this. He led bitterness captive. He put unforgiveness in handcuffs. He put jealousy in jail. He put fear in the penitentiary. He put perverseness back in the dungeon where it belongs. He put hurts back in hell where they came from. He put addictions with handcuffs on them. He put abuses, rage, rebellion, health issues, all of it. Jesus brought it captive and put it in bondage and put it in prison and said it's done. And that's only the first half. He led captivity captive and then he said, guess what? It's Christmas time. I'm giving gifts to all of you. I'm giving gifts to all of you. Ephesians 4, 8 goes on to say what those gifts were. Some of you, God has blessed you financially, and you're called to be kings in the kingdom and financially moving the kingdom. Others, God has called you to be what it goes on to say in Ephesians 4, 8, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, but you can't because you're in bondage. Well, get ready to get set free from this and get a gift of teaching or preaching or administration or servanthood and get ready to do the kingdom work because now you're free. So... He didn't give gifts unto men, he gave gifts unto me. Some of y'all need to get ready for a gifting this year. Some of you guys have said, I just wish I knew my calling in the church. Get ready, it's your year. If you'll begin to focus on free, he'll set you free and the alcoholism won't be so paramount that you'll see, oh, I'm really gifted to teach. But because you are so insecure, you've fallen into an addiction that has now lied to you with empty deceit that says, Oh, you can't do that because you got this issue. (laughs) Well, what's the devil's excuse when you're free? When you're free, what's his excuse? What's he going to lie to you about then? Because once you get set free from that, 
you're going to know and recognize the truth, and the truth will set you free, and the next time he brings empty deceit, you're going to be like, uh-uh, I got a gift. I got a gift. I'm not sacrificing my gift for another addiction. I'm not sacrificing my gift of teaching for a moment of rage. I'm not sacrificing my gift of administration and apostolic anointing and whatever it may be of servanthood, of helping, of serving, of giving, of living, of of changing the world. I'm not sacrificing that gift that he gave me, that he paid for on the cross, for a moment of lust on a computer screen. Come on now, that's good stuff. It's your year to be free. Our goal as a church is not to be debt free, it's to be free. And I'll correct it every week. People say, yeah, our goal is debt-free. No, our goal is free. One big fat word, free. You're free. I'm free. We're free. The kingdom is advanced in freedom. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me just for a minute. Mitch, as you come up here to play, I'm going to do altar call completely different this morning. What you need to be free from. I can't set you free. God has already set you free. God has already set you free this morning. Some of you just need to say, I'm going to walk in it fixing to walk in it some of you actually need to get excited because you'll be set free before 2015 shows up damon come stand right here damon if you need to be set free from issues in your life maybe you're struggling with unforgiveness bitterness jealousy or fear i want you to come to pray with damon and some of y'all are thinking oh lord people are gonna know i got issues everybody in this room's got an issue (laughs) okay i told you my issues in the middle of my message okay everybody's got an issue so be set free from your issue. Quit. Who cares if somebody knows you just got set free from bitterness? I mean, I'd be celebrating if you got set free from bitterness. And you'd smile when you walked into church. Amen. Jeff, I want you to come and stand up here. Amy, I want you to come stand with him. If you got issues with hurts, abuses, and addictions, I want you to come stand with Jeff and Amy. Mom, if you and can come stand up here, and I need April and Heath, if you can come stand with Mom uh, over here. If y'all got health issues, I want you to pray with one of these three people. Health issues. Ronnie and Hope, as y'all come to the communion table and, and serve communion, if you got hurts in your life, if you got hurts in your life of any kind, if you're hurting, I mean, you're the person driving down the road and you just start crying, I want you to go see Ronnie and Hope, and I want you to go, as you go to them, they're going to administer you communion. I want you to take communion for hurts. Here's why, because when you take communion for hurts, you remember in the hurt that Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross. He says, you remember the death of me until I come again. So if you got hurts, get ready because God's going to heal hurts. God's going to heal hurts from when you were a kid and they made fun of you on the playground and everybody laughs about that, but you're still struggling with it today and you've been insecure ever since. Your hurts are fixing to be healed. Some of you guys, oh, you, you've lost something amazing this year. You've lost a loved one. You've lost a dream. You've lost a vision. You got a hurt deeply rooted inside for a loss. You need to go get that fixed. It's the best way I can say it. Did I give you rage or rebellion? Anything? Abuses? Sherry, if you come up here, we're going to deal with rebellion and rage issues, perversenesses. That, that's a, a rebellion issue. Rebelling against the way God done things when he created humankind. Bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, begin to set people free this morning. I know it's not supposed to happen until January 1st, 2015, but... I think we're on your time frame now, God, not ours. So God, you're a God that says now faith is. Church, begin to stir up your faith.